You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. Dancing queen, that is me. Welcome in. It is the Anita Marks show here on 98.7 ESPN, coming to you live from Las Vegas. So I know the show probably sounds a lot different. Um, with you for the next three hours, we've got a jam-packed show. I booked a lot of guests for us. Um, a lot of, uh, as I like to call it, a look behind the curtain because, let's be honest, with the Giants and the Jets, they are in the driver's seat right now, right? Uh, both teams, who would have thunk that we would have been here heading into week 14? Who would have thunk that we would have been here, that the Giants and the Jets are in the driver's seat, that they potentially could make it to the postseason? Certainly not me. Uh, yeah, and, and, and I've definitely gotten a lot of slack for that. By the way, we've got uh, Harvey and Joe who are producing the show back in New York. Gentlemen, good morning, good morning. Or, or Actually, it's good afternoon morning, for you. Morning, how's everything? Right, it's good afternoon for you. You're, you're three minutes into your afternoon, aren't you? Oh, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm mm-hmm. feeling it this morning. <laughs> this yeah, morning, what, this afternoon. What does that mean? What do you mean you're feeling it this morning? I was. Uh, Big I didn't night get last night. I didn't get no. I didn't get much sleep, but mm-hmm. um, the sleep I did get, uh, I guess, uh, counts a lot because my body clock isn't right yet. But uh, I believe at about twelve oh four, I'll be okay. Okay. All right. Well, that's good. That's good for the next three hours of the show. I appreciate it. Um, I, I'm going to share with you. So, so, so I was in LA all week and then made my way here to Las Vegas yesterday. Um. Uh, and, and I'm going to get into that in just a second. And there is a lot going on. We'll talk a lot of NFL. Um, we've got, uh, obviously, Army and Navy playing today. I do have a play there. If you didn't listen into uh, our gambling show, We Can Wager, then um, I'll, I'll share that play with you as well. We've got World Cup action happening. So um, we're going to hear from Rich Samini this hour. Uh, we'll also hear from Dave Spadaro, who oversees the Eagles. Give us a little uh, look-see into the Eagles as they get ready to take on the Giants tomorrow. Um, the Giants are seven-point home dogs. The over-under is at 45. Uh, also, as always, every Saturday at 1.30, we hear from Cynthia Freeland. She's going to be joining us. We'll talk all things NFL and, of course, getting you ready for fantasy football. Um, it is week 14. What does that mean? I'm sure a number of you out there are in the same situation that I am. And that, uh, and that means that I'm sure that there's a few leagues uh, that you're in that you need a win this week in order to win in advance uh, to uh, your fantasy football championship. So uh, we'll see what happens there. Um, hopefully Cynthia Freeland, as well as me, um, as well as I, can give you some f- great fantasy football advice. And then, of course, Vic Carucci, who does a great job covering the Buffalo Bills, is going to join us. As we know, the Buffalo Bills hosting the Jets, the Bills, 10 points they are favored at home. The over-under is at 43. So uh, we'll hear from Vic Carucci what's going on with the Buffalo Bills. Weather conditions are supposed to be not good uh, tomorrow up there in Orchard Park. 30 degrees, if not colder. Um, snow, wind, 15 miles an hour. So right there, the under screams to me at 43. But uh, we'll get some more information from, from Vic, how this team is doing, how's that elbow for Josh Allen and, of course, what the weather conditions are expected to be. And then, as always, it's Saturday, uh, so Joe Wiz joins us at 2.30 with his picks and his plays. So, again, like I said, I was, uh, I've was i been out here on the on the – I like to call it the left coast, the west coast, for, uh, for a week now. I went to the Rams-Raiders um, game on Thursday night, a big reason why I came out here for ESPN LA and, um, and whatnot. Let me tell you, guys, let me tell you something. Well, first of all, have you guys been to um, MetLife Stadium? Yes. Uh, yes, I have. Okay. So, so here's what I don't understand. So now you don't have one, but you have two owners 
that are investing in building a new stadium, okay? It, it, it doesn't even hold a candle to SoFi. Like, it, it, it's, it, 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 it's, it's night and day. It's polar opposite. Like, you walk into SoFi Stadium, and you're like, what? Like, who cares about the game? <laughs> like, the game was an afterthought, right? Like, like have, you, have you ever a, attended a stadium or a venue that you walk in, and you're just like, wow. Like, it, you're so overwhelmed by your surroundings, have you ever experienced that before? Wrigley was like that for me, where I walked in and the first three innings, it was, I can't believe I'm here. So I understand what you're saying about that, but I also heard that the you know in-stadium viewing experience is horrible at SoFi because they just pump in a whole bunch of crowd noise and have some guy yelling at you, are you ready for four quarters? Well, okay, that's yeah. So, so that's that's your in stadium experience. And in full disclosure, I, I worked for the Giants for many a years. And Dan Sperling, uh, Don Sperling was my boss, uh, and his uh, his partner in crime was Christina. And um, and so I'm a little biased because I think they do a phenomenal job in regard to the in stadium experience that they do create for you uh, in in New York with the Giants. So I'm a little biased. So I will agree with you. Um, there wasn't a lot of really cool in-stadium experience uh, happening uh, to motivate the fans. But, but here's another thing, guys. The entire stadium was black. Like, they were all wearing Raiders jerseys. Like, the entire stadium was, like, just filled with Raiders shirts, jerseys. Well, I think like that's because the imprint that the Raiders had when they were in L.A. So it's basically a Raiders home game plus all the, the transplants that have come either from Oakland or Vegas. It's not that far of a drive from Vegas to L.A. But, but they're expecting the same thing on Sunday night when the Chargers take on the Miami Dolphins. Like, th- like this, this is a thing. Like well, the state, the, the Chargers sta- don't have really a home fan base outside of San Diego and they, the NFL kicked I, that to the curb. I, I understand, my, but my point being is that pretty much 80% of the games that are played there are, are typically are the opponent's fan base. The opponent's fan, 80% of the games. Yeah, I don't, that's my only aspect that I really don't like it. Because, I mean, when the Chiefs, uh, I believe, won on Sunday night a few weeks ago, it was just pure, pure. Yeah, it was a sea Chiefs of red. Yeah, it was a when, sea of red. And when the Niners won against the Rams earlier and so far as well, that was just eight, like 80% Niners as well. That's my only thing that I don't like about like even at MetLife too, like tomorrow you'll see a bunch of Eagles fans, Cowboy fans raided the stadium earlier this year. That's uh, my only thing that I really don't like about these big like 80k filler stadiums. But I, I will I will tell you just the, the stadium the 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 the, um, uh, the stadium experience in regard to just walking in and the architecture and and it's just it's it's unbelievable and I get it it's Hollywood it's Blitz. You know, it's 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 supposed to be this. It's supposed to be larger than life, right? It's it's Hollywood. I get it, but it's just really, really unbelievable. So anyway, I'm there at the game. I, I thought it was a, a really, really fun game to watch because, you know, we talk about momentum a lot in sports, right? And you can't see it, but you feel it, right? You can't define it, but you know it's there. And sitting in sitting in 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 the stadium sitting with the fan base and again you know the majority of it all wearing black jerseys and raiders fans and the last i don't know what 3 minutes of the game baker mayfield who had only been in town for 3 days pinned back on the 98 yard line 
engineers a 98-yard drive to throw a touchdown pass to Van Jefferson, and the Rams win by one point. It was amazing to watch, and it was amazing to see the fan reaction sitting there absolutely stunned. Uh, it, was, it, was, it was unbelievable. Here's another thing that I didn't like. Um, I'm, I'm not sure if you guys are aware of this. Like, I always like to keep an eye on you know, where states are in regard to gambling. And it's unfortunate that the Los Angeles uh, uh, election, um, they voted against gambling. So I'm sitting there. I had the Raiders minus six. I, I felt the momentum change um, midway through the fourth quarter. And I wanted to go online, and I wanted to have an in-game bet, and I wanted to buy the Rams at, I think, like plus three, plus three and a half. But I couldn't do it because uh, gambling's not legalized in California. I, I, I think, I, I think it's, it's a tragedy. So, uh, so anyway, that, that, was, that was my Thursday night. Um, it, was, it was pretty wild. Um, but, uh, but kudos to uh, the Rams in that stadium. It's, just, it's, it's, it's absolutely magnificent. It really, really is. Um, I, I do want to I, I talk, uh, and, and again, we're, we're going to spend a lot of time today talking about the NFL, and obviously I, I know I was listening in to Dave's show prior, and I know you got a lot of calls pertaining to the Jets and the Giants, and certainly, why not? I, I mean, this is a big week with the Jets taking on the Bills and, of course, the Giants taking on the Eagles, uh, but we're in the middle of the, the, the World Cup, and we've had quite a few. Oh, we have a caller on who wants to talk about the stadium experience. Mark, hang on one second. I promise I'm going to get to you. Uh, before uh, before I take a break and we go to our, our, our next segment. So just hang tight. I promise I'll get to you. Uh, but here's another thing. We've had some major upsets, and I mean major upsets, in the World Cup, and one that just happened right now, and that's Morocco uh, took, care, took care of Portugal 1-0. Morocco has been just one of the most unbelievable storylines uh, so far in this tournament. I, I, did, a, I did a futures segment uh, on our, our gambling show and um, embarrassed to admit, but full transparency, I'm always very honest in regard to, to my gambling uh, um, suggestion and advice. I had Morocco finishing last in their group stage. I had Morocco finishing last in their group stage, and now they have moved on to the final four. So where we are, where are we at right now? Argentina takes care of the Netherlands in penalty kicks. That was really exciting. Uh, they've got one of the best, as we know, uh, soccer players uh, on the planet in Messi. So now they've advanced to the final four. Croatia upsetting Brazil, guys. I, and and uh, and and Harvey, I know you're a big soccer fan. So I'm on my flight from LA to Las Vegas, and literally as soon as I got off my flight, the the, the penalty kick started, and so I'm sitting in the Las Vegas airport with like a hundred people sitting around a TV watching the penalty kick drama unfold between Croatia and Brazil. And it was unbelievable. Um, huge, and, and I'm calling it a huge upset, although, Harvey, I, I would love to get your thoughts on this. Like, Croatia made it to the finals, you know, four years ago. Of course, we know they lost to France. So we know that they're a country who really prides themselves on having a good, a good soccer team. I think it's a huge upset just because it's Brazil, right? And everybody anticipated Brazil to win, and they had been so dominant throughout. On a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being the most, how big of an upset do you think that is, Croatia beating Brazil? Oh, 1 to 10, I would say probably 6.5, maybe 7. I, I get why, why you picked that way, um, because Brazil were the betting favorite to win the World Cup. And mm -hmm. I'm looking at an old stat here. Croatia were plus 3,500 alongside with Morocco. And Croatia was, was at 4% to win the World Cup. Morocco was at 3%. So 
I understand why you went that way about the big upset. My thing is is that it's not as big an upset because Croatia made the final in 18. They started great core players. Guys like Modric was great. Their um, Livakovic was awesome in the penalties as well. They're a very resilient bunch. And the fact that they now play Argentina, that's going to be tough for them as well. Um, so my, my biggest thing coming from that game was that Brazil had it, man. They really did. They had... They had essentially had to defend for like three minutes. Yeah, five minutes. Five minutes. They were up one nil with five minutes left, and they only went with four defenders. Yeah, they really went with four defenders, and they pretty much had, I believe, four or five attackers up front, which is unnecessary at all. All you had to do is just, as the people say, park the bus and just head balls away, clear the balls away. Similar to Argentina did. They just didn't do it as effectively and let Netherlands in to tie the game. But yeah, it's... Uh, it's a pretty stunning um, way of go about it, how Croatia won it. So Croatia upsets Brazil. Harvey's saying on his Richter scale, uh, somewhere around six or seven. I, I, I think it's more of an eight, but again, uh, just my two cents. And then we just had another upset, uh, Morocco over Portugal. Again, Morocco beat Spain, okay, to advance, and then now just took care of Portugal. So now they wait for the winner of England and France that's about to kick off uh, in less than two hours. And so Argentina, Croatia, winner of that match will advance to the finals. Morocco and or England or France, uh, the winner of that will advance to the finals. And I do have a play here. And, and Harvey, before we take a break, I, I'm curious to get your thoughts on this. I love France today. And you could get them to, to advance and to beat England, whether it's in, in regulation, whether it's in penalty kicks, regardless, at plus 150. Um, you know, I think the big story here is Mbappe and who's going to be able to defend him. Kyle Walker, huge task ahead of him. Uh, also interesting to see is Southgate, is he going to put five on the back line? Because Mbappe is just is so electric. Five goals, three assists so far in this tournament. But obviously, if they do that, it's, they're going to take away from their attack. Um, the midfield battle will be key. France has better depth. I think, and, and also England has started slow. So I'm looking at a 3 1 uh, France win over England. I'm curious, Harvey, agree or disagree? I like what you're speaking. You're speaking that language. I like it as well. I like, <laughs> I, I just have France winning in extra time instead of uh, penalty kicks or inside the 90. Lineups did come out, so uh, Garcia did not play uh, five at the back. He's gone four. I want to say it's like a 4-3-3 around there. But mm -hmm. Kyle Walker against Mbappe is the matchup if you want to go there. My matchup to watch is um, Giroud against the likes of Maguire and the Stones. It's very physical, very enticing. But, yeah, this is, a, this is the heavyweight matchup of the round. So I like France as well to win this game. Before we take a break, like I said, let's go to Mark. He wants to talk about the stadium experience. Mark, welcome in. How you doing? Good morning or good afternoon. Sorry, it's morning for me, sir. Hey, guys, happy holidays. Thank You're you. right on target about the Meadowlands. So I'm a big Jets fan. I've been there a bunch of times. I took a trip to Dallas. I was floored by the stadium they put mm -hmm. in there and just kept asking over and over, why don't we have that here? Mm -hmm. And then went to Seattle. The stadium's beautiful. It's set up for a football game. I, I absolutely loved it and said the same thing. Why don't we have that here? And it's the same thing in Arizona. And even Green Bay has a certain charm to it. I don't know what they built in the Meadowlands. It's just a basic football um, stadium. And boy, did they miss the mark. Anyway, guys, thanks for taking my call. Yeah, Mark, they missed the mark. 
Uh, they did. They did miss the mark. Uh, I'm Anita Marks coming to you live from Las Vegas. That's why the show sounds a little different. Sorry, not sorry. At least we're on air for the next three hours. Well, actually, two hours and 40 minutes at this point. Um, when we come back, we'll open up the phone lines, 800-919-3776. Uh, let's, uh, let's start talking some Jets and some Giants. Uh, we'll hear from Rich Samini. He joined me on a, uh, a digital show earlier this week. I'll play that clip for you. Uh, no Max Mitchell. Thank God they caught these blood clots, right, in his calf and his lung. Um, he's out for the remainder of the season, uh, but this is not career-ending, which is good news uh, for the Jets' offensive uh, linemen. So uh, we'll dive into that, and um, and we'll start taking your calls when we get back. 800-919-3776. Anita Marks with you on the Saturday afternoon here on 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Um, of course, as we know, uh, the Jets already beat the Bills once this season, 20-17 to with Zach Wilson quarterbacking. Obviously a different animal this week with, uh, with Mike White. Look, here's the thing with Mike White that we know. Uh, against the Bears and the Vikings, much different situation, okay? Even though, um, you know, Bears, one of the worst defenses, if not the worst defense against opposing quarterbacks, the Vikings. Um, <laughs> as I said, I, I love golf this week. I said this earlier uh, on, the, on, on the gambling show last night because the Minnesota Vikings are giving up the most passing yards to opposing quarterbacks. But this Bills defense is much different. Tough sledding. Um, Zach Wilson was able to put up 20 points against the Buffalo Bills. So what happens if uh, Mike White comes out and lays an egg? Just, to, just I just want to break down I- exactly just how good these two defenses are, right? Like the Jets defense giving up a league low, tw- league low 26 uh, yards per possession. Um, opponents are only scoring 30% of their drives. And that's not just the Jets. That's the Bills as well. The Bills defense are only allowing their opponents to score on 30% of their drives. Um Here's something that's really, really interesting. Offensively, both these teams do not do well within the five-yard line. So, so when both the Giants and I mean the Giants, but both, both the Jets and the Bills get within uh, the uh, the five-yard line, uh, both of them have a really, really difficult time scoring. This is why big reason why, like the under, it was at 44. It's now ju- dump, it's now uh, jumped down to 43. The under has hit. Uh, in eight of ten of the last Bills games. So keep that in mind. Um, But both these defenses are so good. 
you know, if you listen to me, then you know where I stand on this. I do believe that Mike White is the right decision here. I think Mike White gives you the best chance to win, even though Zach Wilson did beat the Bills uh, just a few weeks ago. But, you know, I find this interesting. Here, here's, here's a clip from Robert Sala talking about the quarterback situation, starting Mike White, Zach Wilson. Will Zach Wilson get a start again this, this year? Let's listen in. This is, this is Robert Sala on the Michael K Show. Football is a week-to-week deal. There's no, there's no sense in saying anything other than we're going to go week-to-week. We have a game plan for Zach to try to get him back to fundamentally and, and all the different things that we feel like he needs to work on to get him back to where there, there's a reason why he was a second pick. I think it's important for people to understand that. I mean, he's a very, very talented young man. Not that Mike White's not talented, not that Joe Flacco's not talented. They are. They're very, very talented, and I feel like we have three starters. And so our commitment to, to developing everyone on the roster and giving them a chance to play is there, but at the same time so week to week this is Mike White's opportunity and so we're going to choose to really allow him to attack those opportunities and and we'll see where it goes see see here's here's where I have a problem with this 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 statement and that is yeah you know what Uh, Zach Wilson was drafted number two overall but that's that's because Mike D and Robert Sala felt that he was worthy of that draft pick I didn't there was a number of NFL scouts that I spoke to that didn't feel that way either they didn't feel that he was worthy of that draft pick So uh, some big concerns there, and I've said this time and time again, and I will repeat it now, right? BYU, subpar competition because of, you know, the conference that he played in. And also, the one year that he actually made some noise and had some good statistics was the COVID year, where there were a number of really good defensive players um, on on opponent teams in college that didn't play because of COVID. So it 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 was a small sample size, subpar comp, and, and not even in, in, in a year, in a season, where you didn't have your, your best players playing on, on the opponents. So I, I just – and listen, athletically, phenomenal, right? Like we've seen Zach Wilson make, make the throws, obviously very elusive, unbelievable athlete. But more than anything, when it comes to the quarterback position, it's, it's a cerebral position, you know, more than any, I think, position in, in all of professional sport and, and being able to read defenses quickly and, and knowing how to um, uh, assess and, and audible. And, and on top of that, it's, it's not how far you throw the ball. It's not how strong you throw the ball. It's how accurate you are uh, with the football, right? Like, you know, I, I, don't, I don't necessarily want a quarterback who's going to throw the ball, you know, uh, 80 yards with a flick of the wrist. I want a quarterback who's who's got a 70% completion percentage with passes 20 yards or more. And Zach Wilson doesn't have that. So um, I understand what, what Robert Sala is saying. And, and because Robert and, and Joe D have hitched their wagon to Zach Wilson because they drafted him number two overall, they're going to have to say that. Okay? They're go- that is, it, it's like, I get it. He's going to have to say that. But jury is still out for me in regard to Zach Wilson and and I I, I wish the young man much success and and I hope he proves me wrong and I hope he can turn it around and learn and and, and do the things that he needs to do but uh, I just I don't see it happening 800-919-3776 I'll open up the phone lines I would love to hear from you guys as well do you think um, and here's another like so so you've got You've got now Mike White going up against the Buffalo. I'm just I'm just painting this picture, okay? You got Mike White going up against the Buffalo Bills, okay? And and granted, yes, Zach Wilson did help this Bills team, uh, this Jets team beat the Bills 12-17. But let's just say Mike White goes out there and has a, a bad game, and the Jets lose to the Bills 17-13. Something I don't I'm not expecting a lot of points to be scored in this matchup, okay? 
are Jets fans going to be clamoring for Zach Wilson to come back and start again? I certainly hope not. Um, <laughs> but but I, it wouldn't surprise me. Wouldn't surprise me. Jets fans, what are your realistic expectations for Mike White this week uh, against the Buffalo Bills? 800-919-3776. I'd love to hear from you guys. We're going to hear from Rich Samini uh, coming your way in just a few minutes as well. want to remind you, this season marks the 50th anniversary of the New York Islanders hockey um, to celebrate, we're giving away tickets to the December 23rd matchup against the Florida Panthers at UBS Arena. To enter, download the free ESPN New York app. Scroll down to contest, submit your entry. Brought to you by the New York Islanders. Join in on the fun this season by grabbing your tickets at newyorkislanders.com. For full contest rules, please make sure you go to ESPNNewYork.com. Anita Marks with you on this Saturday afternoon here on 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. Just a heads up, a little bit later on, 2 o'clock this afternoon, Vic Carucci, who covers the Bills, is going to be joining us. Uh, we'll get some insight in regard to what's going on with that team as they're getting ready to host the Jets. Uh, they are favored by 10. Uh, the over-under opened at 44. It's now down to 43. Also, uh, we will spend some time talking about the Giants as they get ready to take on the Philadelphia Eagles. And uh, Spadaro, Dave Spadaro, who's part of the Eagles broadcast team, is going to be joining us um, at the top of the hour at 1 o'clock. So stay tuned for that. And as always, Cynthia Freeland, Joe Wiz. We've got a jam-packed show, a lot of guests coming up in the next two hours. So uh, buckle up. It's going to be fun. We'll talk some hot stove. As obviously, the Mets and the Yankees making some money moves. Already $1.6 billion has been spent uh, by 20 different Major League Baseball franchises uh, since, uh, since free agency has started. So really, really unbelievable. Also, we've got Army and Navy playing later on. So I've got an Army and Navy pick for you as well. I'll have that for you. So uh, with you until, uh, until 3 o'clock this afternoon right here on 98.7 ESPN. Let's go to your calls. Let's go to Sal calling in from Brooklyn. Sal, uh, good afternoon. How you doing? Uh, Anita, good afternoon. How are you today? Great. Excellent. Like to hear that you got a nice little uh, snap in the voice there going today. Hey, real quick, you know, Jeff fans, I'm a diehard. I've been following this team since the late 60s, right? And it's like they're never satisfied, even though we have been suffering and losing forever. Uh, sucks for Sam. Sam sucked. Get me this coach. Get me that coach. You finally have something that's showing there might be some success. And when I say success, meaning long term, you got a GM in place, you got a coach in place. Wilson is not the guy 100%, and I don't ever want to see this guy on the field again, no matter how bad Mike White does, because all this guy is going to do is set the team back. And obviously, people don't like him in that locker room as much as they say on the camera they do. This guy doesn't help a team move forward. So let, let White do what he's going to do, let the Jets move forward. Don't criticize Joe Douglas because everybody's looking to get – you hear people, oh, that second-round pick was a bust. you got to get rid of him. Relax, man. Not everything's 100%. When you look at the overall picks this guy took, he's more on the positive side than on the negative side. Okay, he missed with Wilson, but I'm sure he wasn't the only one. There were other guys that were going to look to gobble that guy up. So let this team build, and then I think Jeff fans will be happy in the long run. Just don't be so quick to fire and terminate and get rid of – Wilson is not the guy. We know that. Case closed. He's not the guy. Shoot the hand with Mike. Let the defense progress the way they are, and this team will be okay moving forward. I think it'll just be a better team, my opinion. Yeah, yeah. Listen, listen. I, I hear you, Sal. Thanks for the phone call. I appreciate it. Um, you know, and you make an excellent point, Sal, in regards to the locker room. It, it, it's so crucial. It's so important. And it's evident that this locker room really has embraced Mike White 
um, you know, obviously I don't think the, the comments that uh, we heard Zach Wilson uh, share with the media uh, two weeks ago uh, helped him in that locker room at all. And, and it's going to take a lot for him to win that locker room back over again. And I'll go back to my experience on Thursday night. Again, I'm coming to you live from Las Vegas, but I was in L.A. all week, and I went to the Rams-Raiders uh, game. And, um, man, uh, to see that team rally, get behind Baker Mayfield, the excitement. Uh, I mean, listen, Baker was on the field, and, like, keep in mind, he, he had only been there for three days. That's it. Like, it, no time to really dive into a playbook. Uh, he, he was playing backyard football. And they beat the Raiders in Josh McDaniels. If, if I'm the owner of the Raiders, I'm firing Josh. Like, how do you allow, how do you allow that to happen? Like, the wide receiving court, Atwell? Who the hell is Atwell? I don't even know who that is. <laughs> like, Baker Mayfield, only in town for three days, and he engineers a drive of 98 yards to come back and beat the Raiders? Are, are, you, are you kidding me? So, but, but sitting there and watching it, like, you know, players were rallying around him. Players were so excited to, uh, to, to have him at the helm. And, um, and you just, you, you don't get that. You don't see that with Zach Wilson when he's out there. You don't. If anything, you, you got Garrett Wilson saying, you know, this, this, this offense is, is, doesn't suffice. This isn't right. You know, we've got too much talent on this offense. Um, we, we need to do better. So, yeah, I, I think that's, that's a really big hill that Zach Wilson is going to have to climb uh, is winning back over that locker room. And it's tough. I've covered a lot of teams where a locker room, like the, not that I covered the Philadelphia Eagles, but, you know, the Philadelphia Eagles in that locker room, it, it was Nick Foles' locker room, not Carson Wentz. That's for sure. So, and of course, Nick Foles was the one that helped them win the Super Bowl. Uh, but even prior to that, uh, leading up to the Super Bowl, that was, that was Nick's locker room for sure. And that's tough. It's tough when that happens. And so it's, it's going to take a lot, I think, for Zach Wilson to win back over that locker room. Really quick before we take a break, I host a digital show each and every week. Actually, I, I host it twice a week on Monday and Wednesdays. It's called Bet. Uh, I had Rich Samini on with me uh, doing a preview. Uh, he joined me to talk about the Jets and the Bills, a, a preview for this matchup. So I want to replay it for you now. Let's listen in. This is me with Rich Samini earlier this week. Rich, let's dive right into it. Now, we know the Jets, they beat the Bills um, in week nine. And the Bills were favored by 11 points. Now, no Zach Wilson, Mike White starting. That line now is 10. How does Mike White, now at quarterback, present a different offense for this Jets team than they had in Week 9? Well, Anita, it's a different dynamic on offense, completely different. Of course, you don't have the mobility that you did with Zach Wilson that you do with Mike White. But Mike White sees the field really well. He has the ability to process very quickly, and that allows him to get a lot of different players involved on offense. Elijah Moore, who was a non-factor in the last game against Buffalo, he had zero catches, has become a bigger part of the offense under Mike White. Also, a change in the backfield. Bam Knight, the rookie, is now playing a significant role in the backfield. He was on the practice squad the last time they played the Bills, so you have more speed in the backfield with Bam Knight. Yeah, it's going to be an exciting game. Now, Mike White, he passed the ball 57 times uh, last week against the Vikings. Unfortunately, they did lose. Is, is that the number that the Jets are comfortable with, him tossing the ball that much? Are they looking to keep him under 50 pass attempts a game? What, what can we expect from Mike? Oh, oh yeah. They, they don't want to go in the 50s again. That, that, they were behind a lot in that game. They were behind by 14 at halftime. 
and they did a lot of catching up in the second half. That's not the ideal number. Ideally, they'd like to be in the 30s because Michael LaFleur, their offensive coordinator, really wants to run a balanced offense. And they did run the ball very well against the Bills in the last meeting. They had 174 yards rushing. They would like to duplicate that to take some pressure off Mike White in his third start. All right, let's look big picture here, Rich, right? The Jets, they're in the seventh spot right now for the playoffs, even after they lost. Uh, they go from the Bills to the Lions, Jags at home, and then at Seattle, and they finish against Miami uh, and, and face off, of course, against those uh, those mammals, the Dolphins. So uh, what does their win-loss need to be for the final five games in order for this Jets team to make it to the postseason? Anita, I think the magic number is 10. They're going to have to find three more wins out of these last five games to secure a wild card spot. Now, they could possibly do it with nine, but right behind them, you have New England and L.A. with six wins apiece. The Jets do not want to get in tiebreaker situations with either one of those teams. The Jets would lose a tiebreaker against New England because they lost the head-to-head. -head. They got swept this year. And if it goes to a, a conference tiebreaker against L.A., that's a little dicey for the Jets because both the Chargers and the Jets have four conference losses right now. So the safest way to the, for the Jets to end their 11-year playoff drought is to win three out of five. Again, that is uh, Rich Samini joining me earlier today, or earlier this week, I should say. 800-919-3776. We come back. Let's switch gears. Let's talk about the Giants. What's going on with them? How amazing, again, uh, that both the Giants and the Jets are in the driver's seat. Also, I'll share with you, very interesting, uh, the NFL, each and every week, uh, they send out a packet uh, with all kinds of uh, nuggets and statistics and uh, probabilities. And so when we get back, I want to share with you, what are, what are some of the probabilities in regard to who we can uh, expect to see in the playoffs and what matchups we are anticipating in regard to the FPI probability of uh, that we're going to see in, in, in the postseason as well. But again, the Giants and the Jets, uh, you know, they just have to win a few more games. Um, they're sitting in a really good situation, but, uh, but a big mountain to climb this week in week 14, that's for sure, with the Jets in, in Buffalo, having to beat the Buffalo Bills, and of course the Giants here at home, having to beat a Philadelphia Eagles team whose uh, who's, uh, rush defense has improved, and now they have Jordan Davis back. On top of that, Saquon Barkley dealing with a neck issue, and Leo Williams is expected to be out with a neck issue as well. So uh, we'll talk some Giants when we get back. Anita Marks with you here on 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. Uh, we still have, of course, uh, Dave Spadaro, who's going to be joining us at the top of the hour, Cynthia Freeland as well in the 1 o'clock hour, Vic Carucci and Joe Wiz in the 2 o'clock hour, 800-919-3776, the phone number. That's how you get on board. We're talking all things Giants right now as they get ready to take on the Eagles. More from Brian Dable going up against Jalen Hurts. Let's listen in. Yeah, I got a lot of respect for Jalen. Tremendous person, first and foremost. Highly competitive, extremely smart, great leader. Reason why he's probably at the top of the list for MVP right now. Playing with a great team. Go on and on about Jalen. It means a lot to me. 
So, uh, you know, one thing, uh, heading, it, it's interesting. Uh, you know, I, I picked the, the Eagles to win the Super Bowl this year. I'm sure Giants fans don't want to hear that. But, you know, it, it's, it's not about having an allegiance to the, the Giants. Um, I, I root for the Giants. Um, it, it's, it's more about, you know, trying to win some money. So um, I just felt that the Eagles on paper had so much depth. Uh, my biggest question mark was Jalen Hurts. Um, and boy, has he proven himself. And I, I feel like everything that I hear about Jalen Hurts, and I'm excited to get Dave Spadaro, who's going to be joining us on the show in about 10 minutes, because I want to ask him about it. Everything I hear about him is like Jalen Hurts approaches this like a business. Like he actually comes to the stadium with a briefcase. He's got a briefcase, <laughs> right? Like, and, and let me preface by saying in no way, shape, or form am I comparing Jalen Hurts to Tom Brady. I'm not, okay? But what I am saying is the work ethic I hear when it comes to Jalen Hurts uh, is very similar to what I heard, especially with Tom Brady early on in his career. Tom Brady getting drafted in the sixth round um, was extra motivation for him to make sure that he put in the extra time and, and approach this job like a job, uh, like a corporate job. And I'm hearing all that uh, that, that, that goes into Jalen Hurts in, in his preparation. So a, a few things in regard to the Eagles – uh, they're, they're first uh, in six yards per, per passing play, uh, especially in the first half. Eagles have a really, really good – their statistics in the first half are, are night and day in regards to everyone else in the NFL. Um, 80%, 80% of their scoring plays result in touchdowns. First in the NFL. The Giants, 54%. They rank 21st. So th- this is, this is going to be tough sledding for the Giants uh, tomorrow. There's no denying that. Uh, the Giants are allowing 6.5 yards per play on first down, uh, which is second worst in the NFL. And they're also allowing 4.4 yards per play on third down. So th- w- with those statistics, the Eagles should be able to move the ball uh, quite well. So uh, hopefully, hopefully uh, Giants and, and their defense, unfortunately, again, not expecting to have Leo Williams on the defensive line, I think is going to hurt them a bit. Uh, A.J. Brown uh, averaging anywhere between 8 to 10 targets a game, and why the heck not, right? Like, you you bring him over from Tennessee, the dude's a beast. Eight receptions for 119 yards, two touchdowns. He's got nine touchdowns on this season. How are the Giants going to stop him? How are the Giants going to stop him? Let's be honest. I don't know. I don't know. I just don't see it happening. And Jalen Hurts against the Blitz, 62% of – of his TD passes, uh, which which equals seven, uh, is is against the blitz. He averages six point six yards per target against the blitz, and uh, and as we know, uh, this is a, a Giants uh, a Giants team. They blitz forty five percent of the time, and also they're in man coverage fifty uh, percent of the time. AJ Brown uh, is targeted thirty three percent of the time against man coverage and has five touchdowns against man coverage. Again, statistics that I'm sure Giants fans don't want to hear, uh, but uh, but it, it's pretty evident statistically how great this Eagles team is and how difficult of a matchup this is going to be for the Giants, especially no Leo Williams. And I'm sure we're all hoping that Saquon Barkley can be active and attractive this coming week. Uh, one more, well, let's listen in. One more sound uh, quote from uh, from Brian Dable this week, talking to uh, talking to the media about what stands out about this Eagles team. 
everything. Their defensive line, their receivers, their quarterback, their offensive line. I mean, their offensive line is as good as it gets. Starts with Kelsey. Gets everything set. Just been a fantastic player for a really long time. I think Jalen is is operating at an extremely high level. And throw AJ, Devontae, you know, Quez got injured there. We'll see where he's at. The running game is really good. Their defense, their corners, their line. I mean, they can rush the pattern. There's a reason why they're 11-1. and They're a well-rounded team. They are. Uh, they do it all. Offense, defense, special teams. They, they do it all. Um, I'm Anita Marks. Again, you're listening to the Anita Marks Show. That would be me. Coming to you live from Las Vegas. Was in L.A. all week. Went to the Rams-Raiders game. Made my way here to Las Vegas yesterday. Uh, and will be here until Sunday. Uh, and then coming back late Sunday night. So I know the, sh- the, so- the show sounds a little different. Uh, and that's because uh, not, not back in my home studio. So, uh, but we're still bringing it to you. When we come back, Dave Spadaro, who's part of the Eagles broadcast team, is going to join us. We'll get some insight in regards to the Eagles. Cynthia Freeland is always around 1.30. Vic Carucci is going to join us at the top of the two. Uh, he uh, he covers the Buffalo Bills, and of course Joe Wiz as always with his picks and his plays coming your way at 1:30. I still have Army Navy play for you, and uh, and if you were listening in, if you were not listening earlier today, we have a number another World Cup match starting momentarily, and well not momentarily soon. And it's France against England. This very well could be one of the best matches that we will have seen this week. And I like France. Harvey, who's really big, one of our producers who's really big into, into soccer, likes France as well to take care of England. Mbappe is, is just, in my opinion, unstoppable. And I think that's really going to be the key here. Uh, so we both like France to advance. And you could get that at plus 150. So uh, there's that. Uh, we come back. We'll kick off hour two next right here on 98.7 ESPN.